Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! He picked up his speed, pumping harder and faster until she was sliding forward with each thrust. All around them, the tiny waves lapped at their bodies, licking between her legs and her most sensitive spots, until it felt as though Azagoth's cock and tongue were both working her in sync with his thumb. Groaning, she rolled her hips to take him even deeper, to get him moving faster, anything to ignite the climax building at her core. It came in a detonation of ecstasy so intense she saw lights behind her eyes as her consciousness practically exploded from her body. She might as well have been shooting through time and space. Neil. Yes. Uh, I thought we were doing demons this time, but it sounds like we're doing space travelers. Well, two things. One, she is getting done did by a demon. Mm -hmm. And then two, she should know what it would feel like to travel through time and space because she can do that. Oh, that's right. She is a time traveling angel. What is going on? <laughs> I just, you know, it's very hard to tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, should we keep going? Should I read more? Let's do a podcast. Oh, that's a better idea. That's yeah, a better idea. yeah. Might as well. Might as well. Okay. Okay. Since we're here. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Mary Kill with the characters. We certainly do. Also... All the spoilers. So many spoilers. If so many you spoilers. like to know what happens in a book by yourself, all on your lonesome, then stop this, go buy the books, and then read them and come back. Otherwise, yeah. we're just going to tell you all the shit. We're going to tell you absolutely everything uh, that's worth mentioning, at least. So <laughs> We'll forget some things that are also worth mentioning. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Are you are you kidding me, Claire? After all these years, my note-taking system is infallible. Oh, my it's God. The, it's the reading the notes that becomes an issue. Um, <laughs> so I picked some books. You did. You did. What did you pick? I picked Azagoth, a Demonica Underworld novella, A Thousand One Dark Nights, book one by Larissa Ione, and Damned If You Do by Marie Sexton. Nice. Yes. Um, I've I had no idea what to do with the title Azagoth and Demonica Underworld Novella, A Thousand One Dark Nights, Book One. But having read read it, I'm like, oh, I see, I see, I see. There is a series of novellas called A Thousand and One Dark Nights, to which Larissa Ion Ion, I don't know how to say your name, Larissa, I apologize, is a contributor, and she used this as a chance to write a spin-off novella of another series that she has. So that's what that is. In any case, the theme was demons. Yeah. Demons. Demons, demons. Demons, demons everywhere <laughs> and not the prick to suck. That's not true. That's not true in these books. Well, that's Nothing not but. true at all. There's so many pricks. And there's lots of dicks to suck, too. (laughs) Not lots, but enough. Um, (laughs) Is there ever enough? Before we get started, though, Claire, I have to know. Yes. What's got you hot and or bothered? Ankles. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Saucy, saucy ankles. (laughs) 
okay. <laughs> got me hot. Um, I follow on YouTube a uh, content creator called Bernadette Banner, and I feel like I've brought her up either on the Patreon or here before. She is amazing. She does. Uh, she does a lot of. Um, like Victorian costumes. She talks a lot about how to build costumes. She talks a lot about like the history of clothes and costumes and fashion. She's super fun. She's really interesting. Um, and yeah, she does a lot of work herself. She did one particularly great one where she redesigned some uh, book covers of books that we've covered with like appropriate costumes for the characters and that is linked on our patreon so if you're interested in that you can search on our patreon but um her most recent video is making an OnlyFans for saucy victorian ankle pics (laughs) 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 and apparently this started out as a joke on her twitter or on her instagram and then she went through with it she did a whole OnlyFans page and she put up a whole bunch of like saucy Victorian pics of herself in a costume with like the ankles and like focus on ankles and um, all the money she raised she only did it for like a week maybe two weeks all the money she raised went to Stonewall um, but just to see how it went it was pretty fun it was a good joke that I think you know was a good time had by all but it's a it's a lovely video it's kind of fascinating and it also talks about were ankles sexy was that like the sexy thing that was happening and you know honestly she's just great she's funny she's super smart and the pics are great and it's it's just a neat thing so high recommend um making an only fans for saucy victorian ankle pics um and uh what is up with the ankle obsession in his historically so by <laughs> bernadette banner high recommend that sounds fun oh Um, something that I learned and I, you know, like, I don't know which is true, but there is like this kind of like this, oh, this fun did you know fact, um, going around in America. That's like, oh, did you know that Victoria in Victorian England, they were so scandalized by the idea of legs that they would put covers over table legs so as not to have bare legs in there. And people like, oh, Paul, Paul, Paul. But someone's like, oh, no, 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 no. Actually, a British person wrote that about Americans after visiting America during the Victorian era. Because <laughs> the Americans are weird about sex. And I I buy it. I'm sure that was true. Uh, every time I think some other culture is weird about sex. And then I find out, no, it's America. <laughs> it's, it's, America's super weird about sex. Like, how is it we held on to, like, Puritan values? I don't understand. Like, Girl, I don't how know. did we just, like, claw onto those things? It's it's It seems insane to me. Insane. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Neil, what has got you hot and bothered? Um, so, I don't know if you, Claire, or you, Christine, I'm sure some of our listeners were fans of Sailor Moon. No? I Christine wasn't. Says no. Uh, I mean, I, I liked it fine as a thing that existed, but it never really attracted me. My sister really liked it, but I've never been like a big Sailor Moon person. I've been told I need to get into it. As a gay boy, I enjoyed Sailor Moon very much. I think that, uh, femme little gay boys always love like the magic girl trope. And then there's like transformations there. There's a makeover every single episode. (laughs) In the early seasons, I think they got rid of this. In the early seasons, she had a pen that she could, like, 
sort of look like look like whatever she wanted. So when she needed to sneak into places, like it's like, oh, I have to go into this hospital to investigate. So she'd like pull out her pen and then all of a sudden she looked like a nurse and people would just be like, oh yeah, that that 16 year old nurse, that's fine. <laughs> um, anyway, I recently learned that in the year of our Lord, 1994, um, someone decided that it would be a good idea to do an American version of Sailor Moon that not only was American, but was also a blend of live action and animation. So the premise was that Sailor Moon and the other Sailor Scouts were at this girls boarding school, I guess. Uh-huh. The, the the trailer or like the promo whatever is on YouTube and I'll put a link in the thing. Um, so it's, it's very, very early nineties with the hair and everything. And th- this part is live action when they're at the school, it's live action. And then because it was the early nineties, they're like, Oh, we need to have a racially diverse cast, which is great. So like one of the, of course the main girl is white. One of them is Asian. One of them is black. One of them's in a wheelchair. You know, great. It's the 90s. We like to be diverse only sometimes. Um, And then, unlike the Japanese version, they know that they are princesses from outer space. And every so often, the cat is like... And by every so often, I mean like every episode, obviously. The cat is like, oh, you have to go save the moons of Jupiter. So then they like go into space... And then when they're fighting in space as the Sailor Scouts, that part is animated. And three things right off the bat. One, the animation is shitty. I'm sure if it had been fully produced, it would have been better. But just like imagine He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, but worse. Like like someone who used to work for He-Man and showed up to work drunk that day to draw these pictures. It was it was bad. Two, it shows off they each have their own powers, of course, and like, of course, they have to say really bad jokes before they use the powers. So like, Sailor Mars does fire. So there's a part they're supposed to be going to a dance at the school, but they have to be in space fighting these monsters. So then Sailor Mars was like, oh. This, you know, like, too bad this isn't the dance. You're looking a little sluggish. Maybe we should burn off some calories. And then she shoots fire at them. And then I think Sailor Jupiter, who does lightning, I think she literally just says, high voltage or something. So it's bad. It's very bad. And this was a show that really happened. This was a show that people tried to make happen. It was never actually produced. But it got as far as they, like, filmed the... It's not even a a pilot episode because it's only like 10 minutes. At least what I saw, the video that I saw was only 10 minutes. Um, And then third of all, they each have their, you know, they just like zap, zap bad guys. And then um, I think it's Sailor Mercury is the one in the wheelchair. But in space, it's like a flying thing. And then she shoots lasers out of her wheelchair, not herself. And on the one hand, I bet they're like, oh, this shows kids that like wheelchairs can be cool or whatever. But it's like, oh, no, her only defining feature is her wheelchair. That's fine. Um, And then, oh, my God, the song, the song that plays. 
<laughs> it's just just imagine an American nineties like children's show. It's just like Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon for like five minutes straight. <laughs> and <sighs> I mean, it sounds so much like the t- like the same company that did uh, that did the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. This sounds like that company. Where it is that company? It is. It yeah, is that company. Saban. Yeah. <gasps> And yeah. it's such a weird company too. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can see the the sort of the parallels and that it's like, oh, we'll have like when they're at school it's it's you know live action and they're dealing with their teenage things and then they go do this other thing and yes in Power Rangers it is also live action but then it's like completely different actors in the costumes and then they do the voiceover cuz conveniently they're wearing helmets that cover their faces. So it was I'm gonna link it. I'm gonna share it with both of you to watch. It is bananas and bad. That sounds bonkers. Bonkers, yeah. bonkers. When any kid could just watch the animated show. Like Yeah. It was already I mean, I don't know the timeline, but I imagine it had already like a dubbed version had already come out in America at this point. Yeah. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah i'm sure i'm sure absolutely because like uh that's what was around like that's what my friends were watching they weren't watching the japanese version right and then two it's like in the japanese version because they don't know that they're princesses from space and she doesn't start out with the other sailor scouts so like that's the story is them like discovering who they actually are in their previous lives and all of that whereas this one is just like we show up we fight a monster I don't know. Oh, and then, oh my God, the best part, the very, very best part is um, after they, f- they they defeat the the bad guys, it pans back to them in real life sitting in their classroom. And she's, and the, she, in the animated part, Sailor Moon is like, I don't know, responding to something. And then it pans to her in real life. And she's just like looking out in space and she's like, I don't know. I don't know. And then the teacher's like, where are you? Are you daydreaming out in space again? And then Sailor Moon says, no, no, I'm not. I'm right here. And then turns straight to the camera and says, on Earth. Like, that's the big joke. (laughs) That's the big inside joke with the audience. There isn't even a wink or anything. It was it was bad. Oh no. Okay. Well, good for Saban for trying to make that happen. Yeah, no. And good I, for all no. the executives who were like, absolutely not. <laughs> good job to whoever it was who said this is a bad idea. Yeah. Speaking I'm so of being, glad that there were a group of child actors who escaped that tragedy. <laughs> I know. They also they looked much older than they were supposed to be. Anyway. Uh, but also it was the nineties where like I don't know. You wanted your 12-year-old to look 40. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of being bad in a different sense. Yes. Do you want to talk about some demons? Actually, before we talk about these books, Mm -hmm. um, I'm very excited about Demons and Damnation, but I want to talk to us about someone I want to rise above all that, and that Mm -hmm. is our new Patreon patron. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never get those words right. I'm just not going to. Okay. But, you know, uh, I just want to thank Michael for coming on board and joining us. Like, we love all our patrons. Uh, obviously, like, it helps us to pay for our books, but it also helps to pay for all the little things that we need to, like, put up a podcast and do things. And having that help and support helps us to keep making this kind of this kind of fun 
like time that we're providing for you on your commute <laughs> or while you're doing laundry or while you're washing dishes. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Uh, and Neil, how can other people join and be patrons well, for us? They just have to go to patreon.com slash FMK lit pod and join a Patreon where we have, we do shout outs for you. We have extended episodes. We have bonus episodes. We have all kinds of extra content in there um, that you can absorb through your ear holes because we know you love it. <laughs> and in general, Neil and I uh, do not talk to each other about the books before uh, before we record, but uh, we'll put up a post every week just before we record. And if you guys have read the books and you have things to say and thoughts, feel free to comment on that section and just like talk to each other, talk about it, and maybe we'll look at it and read it before we podcast and we'll talk about it too. Yeah. And if you can't support us on Patreon, totally understand. It's tough out there. But if you oh. could rate review Rough subscribe times. tell your friends recommend us recommend us like you would your favorite restaurant <laughs> except but you will Neil, find no nourishment here no nourishment at all <laughs> only spoilers <laughs> only spoilers <laughs> we serve up hot piping hot spoilers <laughs> but we are good for the soul yeah and speaking hot takes of and which, even hotter spoilers hot spoilers but speaking of souls, speaking of spoiled, speaking of spoilers, shall we get on to a demons? 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 Allons-y. <laughs> Damned If You Do by Marie Sexton. The path to temptation is paved with a hellish amount of paperwork. Soul acquisition is a drag, but if Abaddon doesn't catch up with, on his quota, he could be demoted to scooping poop for the hounds of hell. With a deadline hanging over him, he heads for the Bible Belt, looking for a perfect combination of sweetness and challenge. Seth is a blind musician, part of a traveling tent revival. He's cute, mystically talented, and quotes the Bible at every turn. His soul is pure enough to fill Abaddon's quota for months to come, and Abaddon is determined to claim it. The problem? There's the revival foreman who watches Abaddon's every move. Then there's the mystery of Seth's many unusual talents. Lastly, there's Abaddon himself. He's beginning to like Seth a bit too much. And maybe Seth deserves something better than damnation. But Hell's agenda isn't negotiable, and time is running out. If Abaddon doesn't play his cards right, he could condemn both of them to the worst fate of all, an eternity apart. Warning. Contains a Bible-quoting twink and an irreverent devil. Also snakes. Lots and lots of snakes. The title was previously published as Sam Hain. It has been re-edited, but its content is unchanged. And Neil, that's what that book says it's oh about. Oh my god, the many lives of this book. <laughs> um, yeah, there are lots of snakes. There are so many snakes. There are so many snakes. So <laughs> listeners, if you don't enjoy snakes, don't read this book. Okay. So we have our guy Abaddon, who's a demon, um, whose job it is to, like, go steal souls for hell. And, like, he eats them, and then they end up in hell? That is a little unclear to me. So, but, okay. So, it has been done before. 
where something supernatural like hell, the afterlife or whatever is like equated to an office or something. Yeah. And I enjoy that trope. It's fun. This book did a really good job of it. And I'd like to read. Oh, it was so funny. Good, good, good. There were no computers, but plenty of old-fashioned manual typewriters, always with stuck keys and worn-out ribbons, and a never-ending stream of forms to be filled out, uh, to be filled out in triplicate and filed away. There were no breaks, no vacation days, and no overtime. And no matter what anybody put in the break room refrigerator, it always disappeared by lunchtime. <laughs> I'm like reading it. I'm like, okay. This person has worked in an office and literally was like, okay, what are all the worst things about working in an office? That's what hell is. And I'm scared to go there. I mean, it was, uh, there was, I think one of my favorite parts was when him and his friend have to go like file an extension on his, on his like deadline and they has to be filled out in triplicate, but it has to go to like, uh, a DMV in Arizona and in Maine and somewhere else. Like they mm-hmm. have to go to those actual places. To, like and, and and it just sounds like hell. Like uh like that would be the worst thing to do. It was all those parts were genuinely funny and really kind of that did sound like hell. And it sounded delightfully hilarious for how awful it could be. And mm-hmm. his he had a little cubicle. His friend had to like fold millions and millions of things that had to be sent by mail and he had to lick every single envelope Mm -hmm. himself (laughs) (laughs) and they had to pretend like they hated each other because if it if they became friends and they would be moved like their cubicles would be moved away so every time they have a conversation they'd end it with like and i hope you spend eternity getting lemon juice in your eye or something yeah (laughs) so it was it was funny okay so uh our guy abaddon has failed to meet his soul quota um and for like the third month in a row or whatever so now hell is like you gotta figure this out or you're gonna get demoted and he's like oh like how could things get possibly worse and his friend baphomet's like no y- here are all the terrible things that you could have to do like pick up poop from the dogs of hell and like mow lawns in alabama in the summertime and all these terrible things so he's like oh shit okay but the thing about our guy abaddon despite the fact that he is a demon and he used to be a person he used to be a human who made a deal with a devil so that's why when he died he became a demon um he has a little bit of a conscious and he's like i don't like doing this this doesn't feel great um and then there's this funny conversation about like how different souls are worth more or less in hell. And that like, oh, getting a politician's soul is pointless. <laughs> Baphomet's like, we already have all of the politicians' souls. And then <laughs> Abaddon's like, all of them? He's like, yeah, 90% of every single like um Oh, what are they called? Lobbyist and every senator, congressperson, and president since the 50s. Well, except Carter. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So he decides, Abaddon does, that instead of trying to get a bunch of souls, because that doesn't interest him. Also, souls taste different, and he doesn't want to, like, get a a yucky or bland soul. He wants to... He decides that instead of getting a like, hustling to get a bunch of souls, he's going to find one like truly devout person and convince them to make a deal with the devil 
and get that soul. And he's like, great. So he, well, he, and he also doesn't like doing it. Like he genuinely, mm-hmm. he feels bad. He doesn't want to condemn other people to hell. Like mm-hmm. he thinks like he's torn over that it, himself. So that's yeah. also part of it. Like he'd rather right. do one than like go to a cancer ward and like promise uh, a, a mother that like, you know, he'll save the kid if she sells her soul, like, which is apparently easy pickings and everybody goes for those. And he doesn't mm-hmm. want to do a million of those. He wants mm-hmm. to, he just one good one so that he doesn't have to do it a lot. Right. So he, he puts out his soul sense it's called, and then finds one in the Bible belt. So he goes to earth and he stumbles upon a, a young man who's like 23, 24, like 22, 23. Yeah. Um, who's like alone in the woods playing a fiddle very beautifully. And Abaddon's like, oh my God, his soul. It tastes like cotton candy. I want it in my mouth. Um, so then he like starts talking to the, to the young man and find out that his name is Seth. And basically is like, I, and I really, I reading these two books, I stumbled up. I'm like, oh, each book has a trope that I really enjoy that I hadn't consciously realized how much I enjoyed it. And this book has the trope of the supernatural being being honest about who they are and the mortal thinking that they're lying or joking about it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It always tickles me. So he's like, I'm a demon and I'm here for your soul. And so it's <laughs> like, oh, you're so funny. <laughs> and um, then Abaddon's like, okay, how about how about a contest? We'll we'll do a music contest knowing that because he's a demon, he can speak every language and he can play any instrument. So he's like, okay, sure. So then he plays, He Seth hands him his fiddle and Abaddon plays the fiddle and it's like, you know, he does a pretty good job. And then Seth's like, gee, I don't know. That was pretty good. And then like thoroughly thrashes Abaddon. <laughs> and he's like, holy shit. Okay. But, but I also liked, because Abaddon offered him like, what he was selling for oh, yeah. was he's like, well, how about I give you a gold fiddle? And the guy's like, what the fuck am I going to do with a gold fiddle? <laughs> you can't play a gold fiddle. That's stupid. Like, the first time I like picked it up, like it would crush in my hand. Like also it was the bow gold. And he just broke up laughing. He's like, that's an insane thing. Like, are you goddamn kidding me? No, 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 no. <laughs> Except um, he didn't say goddamn. Cause Seth is very devout and never curses. He's very devout. And then he, um, he makes the offer okay how about a soul for a soul which is if i win this is seth saying that if he wins then uh, abaddon has to come to the revival and abaddon's like okay sure so then seth thoroughly thrashes him at the fiddle um and abaddon's like well i guess i'm going to a revival because i made my word and i have to but also he like can feel the music there's like something in the music that like he can physically feel as a demon so he's like, okay so he goes to the revival which is like hippies for jesus (laughs) i found this a little bizarre but it sounded fun it's called the rainbow revival well and they kept calling it like hipsters for jesus but i was like these are hippies like they're definitely hippies like it was it it didn't i mean i i know where the word hipster comes from and then it's really just about what's in fashion or like what's out of fashion and all those types of things but like Mm -hmm. They really, it was like too much corduroy for hipsters. It yeah. was too much um, Birkenstocks for hipsters. It said but, hippie at one point, and then it just kept saying hipster, hipster, hipster. So I choose to say hippie because that's what it was. Um, so it's like all these hippies that are just like, you know, with their long hair and their Birkenstocks and their loose clothing. And they're like, we love Jesus. <laughs> and so then um, Seth is part of the band and he has like three keyboards 
that he also he is blind so he's just like i'm playing all the keyboards because i'm oh, blind did we skip over that part that he's blind <laughs> he's blind well it comes up it's a th- anyway um but then despite the fact that he's blind he seems to always like be able to find abaddon in the crowd with his eyes and abaddon's like that's super weird so then of course at this point i'm like well obviously he's half demon half angel that's obviously <laughs> what's going on really obviously. i I thought angel at least or like pre-angel or like maybe like a prophet or I did not assume half angel half demon. I 100% assumed like some other level or like okay. a, yeah, but that like I that that didn't let that didn't occur to me. Oh, okay. Sure. Um also, oh god. Oh, uh, anyway, the 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 mechanics of like everything that goes on the like the theological mechanics that happen in this book are bananas anyway so then there's also this guy zed who the book goes out of his way to say is this like big burly black guy who sounds like james Earl jones who is like obviously knows that abaddon is not who he says he is and he's like i'm watching you i can't kick you out but like i'm watching you and everyone's like, ah, fucking whatever. And then stuff happens. Like, <laughs> then stuff happens. <laughs> then, some stuff happens. then they like, they talk. It's Abaddon and Seth, they talk, they bond, blah, blah, blah. He finds out. Oh, there's another, there's another part too that it's like, Seth is openly gay. Nobody cares about that, but he is saving himself for marriage because that's what the Bible says. And then also like, he was raised by the reverend who founded the church and now his Seth's older brother runs the church, but Seth isn't their biological child. They had a kid who died in infancy and then they like found Seth. I'm like, Oh, I was like, Oh, demon angel changing child. One of these, all of these. Who knows? Right. Anyway. So then they bond, they get close, et cetera, et cetera. Abdon has this crisis of, faith not really but the crisis of conscious who's like i don't want to steal seth's soul it's tasty and i'm in love with him now and then seth's like i think you're super awesome let me play more music for you and zed's like don't talk to him um and then oh my god and then the snakes (laughs) come yeah so during all of the revivals uh every time abaddon goes there's a moment in the revival where it seems like they're waiting for something to happen and they're waiting for seth to do something and that was when i thought like seth would be like because you know that seth would heal people like Mm. he'd start speaking tongues or something what i thought was because um he was raised in this uh traveling ministry and then at like 19 18 or 19 decided that he wanted to go see the world and like a week after he left, he went blind and nobody mm-hmm. knows why. And so then he like came back and then he was like, Oh, and then Zed showed up right after. And we're like, well, obviously anyway, um, I, as the reader who know things more than the character can say, dumb, dumb character. This is what's <laughs> happening. Um, so when they kept looking at Zed or not Zed, uh, Seth, I was like, Oh, I think they're expecting him to be healed. Like that. He can like suddenly see through the love of Jesus or whatever. That's what I was waiting for no 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 my friends okay listeners sometimes what happens is when seth is playing playing his music and the parishioners are feeling the spirit a shit ton of snakes just like come into the tent 
And Seth responds to this by taking off his shirt and kind of just like lying down so that the snakes can go all over him and bite him. And then when he's full of snake venom, he stands up dripping blood from a bunch of snake bites and then goes around and heals people. Mm -hmm. I was not prepared for this. Yeah, it was nutty. (laughs) It was gruesome and a lot because then also we see that he's covered in scars because this has happened before. Like this is a semi-regular occurrence. And then when Abaddon talks to Seth about it later and Seth is like, He's like, he obviously isn't affected by the poison. And Abaddon's talking to Seth later. And he's like, oh, God, no, it feels amazing. Like, the first time it happened, I thought I was going to come. And I'm like, okay, I guess that makes sense. You know, like religious ecstasy or whatever. But then when they do fool around, then, like, Abaddon, like, tongues the scars. And that gets Seth off. And I... (laughs) Found it a little unsettling. Sex scene, <laughs> to be perfectly frank, it was kind of gross. I mean, in any book, any of these romance books where one of our love interests has a scar or lots of scar tissue, there's always a moment where the other one has to kiss it or has to like, you know, move their mouth all around it, to, like either a prove it's still sexy or show that they love them or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I 100 expected it still. Like, I knew that was going to happen. It was like, no, no, no. I still find you beautiful. Or I find mm-hmm. this, you know, whatever. And it was like, oh, really going at it, though. Like, yeah. really going at it. Because <laughs> it, it's, it's, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm, I'm like doing an act to show you that I, I love the scars because they're part of you. But like, they became uh, erogenous zones <laughs> for Seth. And it was like, whew, Okay. Um, so then Abaddon finds out that Seth has, uh, a demon daddy and an angel mama. No, no. Other way around. Abaddon finds out that Seth has a demon dad and angel mom. Yeah. Is that not what I said? You said that Seth finds out that Abaddon, this is Abaddon finds out that Seth <laughs> has a demon daddy and an angel mama. And then... Because she gave birth to him on Earth, he has a soul, even though he's not a human? That was confusing to me. Because it goes out of its... It says that demons and angels don't have souls. Right. But then because he was born on Earth, he had a soul? Because, like... And angels have this thing where they can pretend that... They they can make demons think that they have a soul so that demons think they're people, but angels always can tell when demons are demons. But then it goes out of its way to be like, Oh no, no, no. When angels like fake a soul, it's just like a very bland generic soul by design. So that demons don't pay attention to it. So he had a re- an actual soul because it was so like bright and tasted like cotton candy. And, but then because Seth is like taking on all the steak venom to learn how to heal or to be able to heal, he's dying? Like, his body is dying. Yeah. And then at the very end, Seth offers his soul to Abaddon, and Abaddon refuses it. So because that happens, they both turn into people. Yes. I was very confused at this point. <laughs> it, uh... I was fine with it. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Because... 
I had read previously as a goth and as a goth was more confusing so <laughs> i was fine <laughs> You're like, there's only one through line i have to follow in this book i'll take it i was like cool yeah i get it 100 i'm yeah. also a fan of supernatural the tv show mm-hmm. which makes a zippo sense like we came back to earth why like wait you were in hell how long like you just have to go yes understood this is what's happening you've explained the rule as it was happening despite the fact that it makes no sense i'm on for the ride the brother and the angel aren't kissing that doesn't make any sense to me (laughs) i always get the i always get the brothers mixed up which one is the the one with the car i'm never gonna tell you I'm going to say Dean. Yes, Dean is the one with the car. Okay. Oh, he's so attractive. He is so attractive. And he wants to kiss that angel. Dean and Castiel need to get it on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is not a <laughs> Supernatural <laughs> review podcast. Though, as someone who's seen... I watched... I've seen several. I've watched several seasons. It's getting to a point that it's getting hard for me to keep going. But I, I hear I have to push through. I, I've been told I'm in a not great season. So I got to push through. I just haven't gotten around to it. So maybe no, we honest, should do a review podcast. We'll do a review podcast of Supernatural. <laughs> Listeners, if you want to hear us talk about Supernatural, let us know. <laughs> we have nothing else going on in our lives, obviously. Anyway. So Seth gave his soul to abaddon who didn't want it so then they both became mortals and and then of course zed uh turns out to be an angel like one of the one of the big angels yeah who uh we find out made seth blind so that he'd come back to the revival specifically to heal people that part wasn't explained terribly no well. no it was like to keep him safe so it wasn't to heal people but it was because oh, it was to keep him safe because he is a, a demon angel baby thing because his soul is tasty and like all the demons would be after it sure anyway like the things that the the book had explained was that um like it's better to like do a bargain with the devil like right before that person's gonna die or close to because then it's like fresher and that person has given up more they're not just outright evil like it's better when they're not evil mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they because they want you know they want good souls that's like the bargain they want good souls so it's better to get somebody so like the 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 example they made the joke early on was like they made a deal with castro when he was like a teenager Mm -hmm. and and then he lived for fucking ever and then (laughs) then by the time he died his soul wasn't worth very much right exactly so so here's this kid whose soul is worth a whole lot because he's part angel part demon because Mm -hmm. he's like so pure because all of these things and he is about to die like so the he had to be protected and the best way to do it was to to keep him at this revival because he's also like hidden in the revival because everybody's souls are a little bit brighter Mm -hmm. but they're also a little on edge Mm -hmm. sure yeah those were the reasons the book gave um so then Zed is like literally a deus ex machina because he's just like, okay, because uh, Seth dies, he's poisoned, and then Zed brings him back. And Abaddon's like, how can you do that? You can heal demons. And Zed's like, no, I can only heal mortals. He's mortal now. You're mortal now. Everybody's mortal. Oh, by the way, that life you forgot about, uh, you were left high and dry in World War One and died on the Lusitania. Yeah. Yeah. 
How Zed knew that is not explained. I don't, girl, I don't know. Um, and then, um, because they want to have sex so bad, they get married after knowing each other for two weeks so they can fuck. Yeah. That's all the book gets. Yeah, that was, it, the, that was the ugh. end of the book. I will say, like, one of my very favorite scenes, because these types of, you know, these types of it's an angel and a devil falling in love with each other mm -hmm. or you know something similar whatever i really like the pining scenes like the scenes where it's like not only should we not do this for like just sane reasons but we shouldn't do them for like the huge broad save the world reasons like <laughs> like like we are diametrically opposed so much so that like you know, we whole religions are based on that. Like we shouldn't do this for divine reasons. Right. And <laughs> the and like, mandate of God. <laughs> like there's a like uh, there's a beautiful scene halfway through this that was couched in all this lovely, like funny scenes and like really lovely, like just the writing in a lot of this was really actually very beautiful. I thought mm -hmm. like like just just lyrical some of it like i don't like when i say writing like some of the plot stuff was weird some of the character development stuff was weird but some of the actual phrasing was lyrical the, the prose was really nice right and so the scene specifically where the it's like the second time they meet in the woods um and uh you know are um seth like has snuck away and it's really hard for him to get away and he really truly and he's like fallen for, like he's excited about Abaddon coming back and Abaddon says no I really am a devil and Seth really believes it this time and Seth is like scared and wants to leave but he's already attracted and already kind of falling for this guy and so he's torn and he wants to go and Abaddon is like I never want to hurt you I never like I know I'm here for your soul and I want that but I'm also scared and I also like think I really like you and it was it was a great pining scene like it was a great like sexual attraction scene where the, the sexual tension was super high between these two it was it was just fun and I think that is like one of the reasons why I like reading these books and I thought this scene did it really well yes i agree i enjoyed reading this book it reads really fast um parts of it are so funny and like i i actually really liked abaddon as a character because he's like yeah i'm a demon and these are why the thing i'm doing the things i want to do but also like i don't want to it's just kind of like what i have to do so that i don't end up mowing lawns in alabama in the summer kind of thing um and and yeah, their interactions were cute. Like they were fun together. Um, just the like some of the world building was a little wonky for me. And then I was just like really angry. That's like we've known each other for two weeks, so let's get married now, so we can fuck. I'm like, that's not why you should get married. <laughs> but sure, whatever. Um, but yeah, I I did enjoy this book until that very very end. <laughs> And I still enjoyed the book. I just really didn't like the ending. I guess. I mean, like, I don't have... I mean, they before they say they want because they want to fuck, like, one of Abaddon's things is... he Abaddon says, like, 
I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Like I want to, like he's trying to fix it so they can spend eternity together. Mm-hmm. And so he's already expressed like an eternal sort of affection or love. And Seth, like, you know, he's not really been in the world. He doesn't know a whole lot. So he's you literally know, a babe in the woods. He's literally a babe in the woods. But you know, so as much as like he could know anybody i guess he knows abaddon very well um (laughs) so uh, i didn't feel like it was like he's like seth pretty much says uh i could be with you forever but like he's or abaddon says or no seth says oh jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) wow okay there's so many names seth pretty much says we could be together forever but i you know he doesn't know if abaddon believes in marriage and he does he's like we could just share the same like we could just travel together if that's what you want but like we can't have sex if you don't want to get married and i mean as far as like faith goes or whatever like i did not have a problem with that as far as like what they set up for what Seth believes in and how he feels and that sort of stuff. I didn't have a problem with that ending. Um, I think for me, it just like, I think for me, it was just like the through line in the conversation of like that Abaddon was like, Oh, so remember that time that I like tongued your snake holes until you came. Can we do that again? And then the, and then, you know, Seth was like, oh, well, no, I don't believe in doing that before marriage. And so they're like, okay, well, I guess there's only one thing to do. Anyway, I don't know. Yes. It, it just felt weird I mean, me. in this particular case, I didn't have an issue with it. Okay. Like, I mean, they were going to be together forever, and mm-hmm. marriage was something that he believed in. And he, be- like, I, I don't have an issue with it. Like, that's okay. just part of his belief system. Okay. <laughs> So I always have an issue with it, but that's just me. I mean, I mean, I I often have an issue with it when we've come up to it in like straight storytelling, where they haven't known each other and they're human beings <laughs> like, <laughs> who live in the world that we all know, and they live in the modern world that we all know. You know, like, mm-hmm. and then I have an issue with it, especially when like that particular belief hasn't been overtly expressed over and mm. over and over again but like that has always been Seth's thing like yeah that was always something he expressed so like i you know and it's a little bit more mystical like there's actual <laughs> like there's actual consequences for sinning we see them because one of them was a demon so, mm. <laughs> so like in this case where we see the actual like consequences of it and there's belief to back up what that is like yeah then you have to go through a sacrament like i mean i know that it's like not a good thing it's not perfect and i don't believe in it myself as a human being and i don't like it when books push that necessarily no, but it's also I know like you get mad at me every time i talk about doing a boy because i am not married yet claire i know you <laughs> i know you hate it i know you hate it so much but in this book it made sense with these characters yeah i guess <laughs> don't get married to someone you just have known for two weeks that's all i'm saying <laughs> anyway that was uh damned if you do by marie sexton <laughs> that was that book as a goth a Demonica Underworld novella, A Thousand One Dark Nights, Book One, by Larissa Ione. 
From New York Times and USA Today bestselling author Larissa Ione comes a new story in her Demonica Underworld series. Dot dot dot. Even in the fathomless depths of the underworld and the bleak chambers of a damaged heart, the bonds of love can heal or destroy. He holds the ability to annihilate souls in the palm of his hand. He commands the respect of the most dangerous of demons and the most powerful of angels. He can seduce and dominate any female he wants with a mere look. But for all Azagoth's power, he's bound by shackles of his own making, and only an angel with a secret holds the key to his release. Sorry, I'm like, what secret? Anyway. <laughs> She's an angel with the extraordinary ability to travel through time and space. An angel with a tormented past she can't escape. And when Liliana is sent to Azagoth's underworld realm, she finds that her past isn't all she can't escape. For the irresistibly sexy fallen angel known as Azagoth is also known as the Grim Reaper. And when he claims a soul, it's forever. Dot dot dot. Every Thousand One Dark Nights novella is a standalone story. For new readers, it's an introduction to an author's world, and for fans, it's a bonus book in the author's series. We hope you'll enjoy each one as much as we do. Claire. Yes. That's what the book says it's Excellent. about. What is this book about? First thing, I want to put out uh, two different trigger warnings. <laughs> great, 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 great. <laughs> The first one is, if you are a fan of books that include fantasies of um, sort of forced copulation, I'm not going to, like, where both partners are forced into the situation, where they both are sort of forced to have sex with each other. Um, if you're a fan of that, if that's your fantasy and that's your kick, um, this is a great book for you. Like, this is an excellent sort of book. Enjoy. Like, and there's a lot to enjoy in this book. There's a lot of tropes that are super fun for that. And I think you should turn off this podcast now and go read the book. Enjoy. Have fun. You are not going to enjoy this. the rest of this podcast. You are not going to enjoy our review. <laughs> I don't even know what Neil's going to say. And I just assume these things. <laughs> Two... Now, the trigger warning for people who are sensitive to subjects of rape, uh, being, you know, like being kidnapped and uh, being forced to have sex with somebody, also turn off the podcast now. <laughs> like, uh, we, we're going to get into it and we're going to get into the gray areas of it, too, because like I said before, this this goes into the fantasy area of that, which, you know. I think we've we've read some books where we could say obviously this is a no absolutely not but i think this book has some tropes in it that some people like and some people don't so if you're not here for listening to that it, because you like it or because it triggers you because you hate it for very good reasons this is a good time to turn off the podcast <laughs> or, or skip to the end <laughs> skip, skip to the end when we say ha 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 ha, ha this is what um, i could fuck Yes. Anyway, that's how I wanted to start this. That seems Great. dire, but now let's, <laughs> let's have fun. <laughs> I don't know if you thought that was fair, Neil, but like, there yes. we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so let's, so here's, okay. So Claire, here's, this book is bonkers. This book is bonkers. But let me just say the storyline is Beauty and the Beast. It's Beauty yeah. and the Beast. So... Uh -huh. Um, that's kind of the, the, the most important through line of this is it's beauty and the beast. It's, it's beauty and the beast with the most complex Catholic 
mythos stratas of heaven and hell types of angels demons it's bananas it is bonkers uh i would say like if if anybody has like ever just like started watching an episode of guiding light like you know now and you know there's like 80 years of guiding light or something i don't know how many years but it's like let's say 80 years of guiding light and like it was producing shows every motherfucking day (laughs) of the year for 80 years uh what is it like to step come in like halfway through that crazy nut balls like (laughs) you don't know why that guy has two has four arms you don't know why that lady is pissed at this other lady you have no idea what's going on and this book wants you to like it was like reading a wikipedia article sometimes for the other books in the series this is one of the few books we've read where the glossary was so very important and i actually (laughs) referred back to it because i had no idea what was going on um i actually kind of had fun with it like it just okay the back of the book lied this is not a good introduction to this series no no it is the demonica series I imagine reading the very first book of the Demonica series is a good introduction to the series because there is like so much going on, but it, it, but it also just like took some left turns here and there. Some of the, some of the world building is not great. Uh, There's some plot holes. There's one particular funny line that I can't wait to, to, to read out, but it got to the point that I was just like, fuck it. I'm here. What else you got? What other crazy thing are you about to throw at me? And that I actually kind of enjoyed that. I'm just like, who knows? Is it going to make sense? I don't know. I kind of don't care. I just want you to say a bunch of weird words at me and have it be important to this, to this, to this thing. One of my favorites was we discovered underworld general hospital that was but the line i was gonna read out loud i was that is okay so um the line is there's a demon hospital called underworld general go there try to get a job you'll be safe from the fallen angels trying to drag you to sheol general hospital it turned out to be important because one of Alice's kids works at underworld general (laughs) i love too oh my god i loved like angels and demons needed shampoo and soap and italian food oh my god and then this book spent so much time telling us what everyone was wearing but it was like like i don't know someone's idea of what a j crew ad looks like and then there's the one j crew are you kidding me no 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 uh if are like you know those guys who were going around like they had like the pickup artists like Mm. magic or whatever his fucking name was that's how they were dressed they were dressed as if this book was written by that man the very first time (laughs) uh, liana and azagoth meet he's wearing black leather pants and a wife beater (laughs) no no azagoth isn't wearing it that's his um that's his helper that's his like secretary guy and then there's the unfallen angel okay there's a type of angel called unfallen and i'm like no you can't be a fallen angel if you are unfallen fuck it whatever who's wearing like a magenta 
corset and like ripped jeans and i mentioned that to one of my roommates and she's like what is this the mtv awards in 2004 100 100 percent. yes 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 there are yoga pants involved it's weird it's crazy um yes anyway. yes it is weird um okay let's do the plot <laughs> sure it's very complex Okay, I'm going to try and do this as fast as I can in some okay. ways. Azagoth is... Okay, I've already gotten lost. Okay, so uh, there's Hell, which is run by the the main devil. It's not Satan, FYI. There's another guy. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of people. Anyway. <laughs> All the people. Um, and it's also not Hades, who runs a different part of Hell. So. Yeah. The, but like not hell not hell and asagoth himself doesn't run hell he runs hell for demons so like <laughs> so okay so when <laughs> when um <laughs> when the angel that was the devil fell after he like he was like gonna like round up a bu- bunch of angels and try to take over you know for god and like kill god um azagoth whose name was Azrael before <laughs> this isn't even the plot what am i doing um, <laughs> like found out what was going on like told mm-hmm. everybody they were able to mm-hmm. fight him and cast him down into hell and give him his own land and there he created demons which are a mortal being but meant to steal the souls of of humans like but because they're mortal they ended up dying as well and they had their own souls and where where were those souls going to go they kept going up into earth and fucking around with humans and they you know angels couldn't have that so then Azrael, who became azagoth volunteered slash was told he had to um voluntold voluntold that he had to create his own sort of version of hell where he would take in all the demons and also the souls of fallen angels um, when they died. Uh, and that's where they would be housed and also like tortured. So he went down to do that. <laughs> so he's down there. But so what happened? What happened was. <laughs> God, no, sorry. Can I interject very quickly? So the, the demon realm is Sheol. Uh-huh. And he's in charge of a realm called Sheol Grah, uh-huh. which in the glossary is a holding tank for demon souls. Yes. But then inside Sheol Grah is the inner sanctum, which is like a different level yes. of Sheol Grah, which is a level of Sheol. It's a lot. Which is run by Hades. The which inner is run by Hades. Run by Hades. Hades runs the inner sanctum. Their power dynamic, their division of labor is very muddled and confusing. Right. Also, we should note at some point, like Satan, who is not the devil, not the fallen angel. Satan is a different guy, has apparently died and been. Oh, because all these souls, the holding tank, all they all become humans at some point. Like they all like or they're regenerated as something else. Yeah, they. I think they get reincarnated as demons again. But then in depending, the meantime, depending on the judgments, it's so bizarre. Anyway, so one of the things, though, so those souls that have been reincarnated as humans need protection. Um, no, because no, 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 no. Those are those are special humans that are fated to do something important, right, either right, good right. or bad. Yes, and I it's don't unknown. think it has anything to do with the holding tank for demon souls. Right. Okay. So, but at some point, like, there's souls 
on earth that need protection and angels can't do it because reasons and uh-huh. so what they decided to do was have what heaven decided to do was have angels go down to azagoth and get impregnated and 72 a year right and 72 a year which i thought was hilarious i was like there's two coming in some days <laughs> <laughs> anyway so anyway so 72 angels a year would go to azagoth get impregnated by him and their babies would uh would be like half angels half human things and they would be protectors of those souls uh but they can't reproduce themselves so that's why it's important and it does appear that like they come out fully formed they're never babies they're young but they're never babies Mm -hmm. and that's so he's he's going through this breeding program uh which is something heaven does a lot which is just this forced breeding so which means also this entire book is only females and males like we only say the male the female which Ugh. is gross every time but you just had to get used to it in this book because it was forever um, i was able to distance myself from it a little bit because they aren't humans they're not right people. that agreed that so was that also what i was able bit. to do <laughs> it still wasn't pleasant mm-hmm. because everything else about them is very there's so many things about them that are very human so shampoo shampoo (laughs) which i guess is anyway it's a it's a questionable where it's manufactured even like it's like is it manufactured in i'm assuming it's i'm assuming it's from earth because he he azagoth always orders in from his favorite restaurants on earth right but there's a kitchen too like and he there's says a kitchen that too. Yeah. and then at one point she's even like where does he get all these fancy clothes and i'm like so he's not getting them from earth so i guess they are and then there's a general hospital anyway who knows so <laughs> who knows so azagoth is done with being a stallion for the angels and he's like absolutely not i want a bride he doesn't say bride he says he wants a mate i want a mate forever like i'm tired of this bullshit give me a mate or i will rebel or something like the stakes seem high but it doesn't it wasn't clear what they were he's like i'll stop fucking angels and then you won't have these like special half angels anymore but that's what he was gonna do anyway like he was never and then heaven's response to that is they're like okay now any angel can have that power and now they can reproduce so why did you need azagoth in the first place if you could just make it happen well no and it wasn't and it was the children of azagoth could now reproduce themselves like before they make more so they should have they could have done that at any point after the first few kids came out i think it's because also don't do that because they're all related (laughs) yeah no that's not good but i but it follows the same rules as greek mythology wherein that doesn't matter (laughs) but but then also it's never addressed that they could have just done that the whole time and they didn't need him so why any of this why it's it's only addressed by um the by our main female character liliana who's like wow i bet they feel awful about that there's a general sense that heaven is not great like it's not great and i did appreciate that but also then like what i mean to quote maurice why this thusness they it's this weird plot hole that they just like don't even work anyway i yeah yeah so there are so many hills to die on in this book i'm not gonna pick this one no and we've only got like 20 minutes left anyway so so then um 
they decide to send uh, Liliana, who uh, has done angel crimes. Um, <laughs> time crimes. Angel time crimes. And uh, they're like, we kind of want to get rid of her anyway. But also, she's good for this because what we really want is some artifacts that Azagoth has. Azagoth has like a mirror that you can see into time with and he's not supposed to have it it's a very um, it's you know it's the beauty and the beast mirror um it's a very impressive thing they want it back and because she can travel through time she can use it to travel through time and so they're kind of expecting her to just be able to take it um, it turns out it's a full-length mirror that's gilded and very heavy. And she's like, I can't fucking lift this thing. <laughs> she's like, well, that's, you know, I can't do that. So, But she goes down and she goes, quote-unquote, willingly, because it's either that or have her time travel uh, powers taken away from her, which could kill her. Yeah, it, it was described as, like, the equivalent of, like, a full frontal lobotomy. Right. And she was like, well, that sounds shitty, so I guess I'll go down to this guy and she's got like 30 days to decide like she can decide not to and you know be lobotomized or she can stay forever and that's sort of her options so she goes down and just like in the beauty and the beast story he's a big old dick to her um and she doesn't like him at first but then she makes him softer and he finds out that she was only there to steal the mirror. He gets very upset about that and says that she's a liar. He kicks her out. She, by that point, had fallen in love with him, and so she fights to get back, and we'll talk about how in a second. She fights to get back with him. Uh, she it also worked. broke the other mirror. Well, it, it was, yeah, that was like a scrying stone. It that was called he, a spying stone that people had to consent to being spied on yeah. for it to work. Yeah. What? Um, and apparently it was use. It was dumb because all of his demon ch- demon angel children. I don't know what they are. We'll say demon angel children. We're like, why don't you just use Skype? I was like, <laughs> Wait a minute. You can just have a computer down there. Why do we even need all of these goddamn artifacts if you could right. just like Skype people? Also, the first time she sees the the time travel mirror, which is called a chronoglass, like they're like, oh yeah, he uses it to like look at people like he can use it to watch things he just can't travel through time with it so he didn't need the other spying stone in the first place yeah yeah but then oh god because you don't need consent to look at people through the chronoglass you can just do it yeah and then the misunderstanding around the spying stone was so fucking stupid right so and we'll get to that in a second um because then she chooses him he chooses her and they're together forever now to have hot sex with each other and that is the end of the story there um in the me in the midst of all of this we're just caught up in the soap opera that is azagoth's life um and heaven and hell and her own personal life as well like which is all caught up in the politics of heaven um and her yeah. daddy issues. Right. Because she was <laughs> she was a child of a breeding pair. God, I fucking hate saying that. And <laughs> we'll just pretend she's a horse, I guess. So she's a child of a breeding pair, and her mother died because her mother did time travel stuff, and she was killed by a bunch of angels who just like killing people for funsies. Especially <laughs> the time travel ones. The time travel ones. Well, it's because they take on their power, I think. Uh, or something. 
and they're the time travel angels are really po- powerful like uh, this is the type of thing we could spend five podcasts talking just about the world building here <laughs> and and if you're super into that again like maybe stop listening to this because the there's a lot to talk about there's oh so um i do want to say like uh our newest uh we our newest patreon michael did comment uh and he said he wanted to bring this up he's He's read one of the other books in the series. He didn't read this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that, it specifically mentions that a lot of their power comes from uh, their naked bodies. I think that's how he phrased it. And so they have to have scant clothing, like, in part because so that they can continue to access their power. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. That's and that's something and for all of the detail this book went into on various things I was like oh the author decided not to talk about that one <laughs> Listen, we're gonna there's... talk about how Azagoth had this one son who wanted to take over this particular part of hell and he got all of the kids together to rebel against Azagoth which broke Azagoth's heart because he loves his kids um. You know, we're going to get into, like, all the minutia of that, and then we're just never... We're going to ignore so many other things. Oh, there's so many Reapers, too. There's so many Reapers. I couldn't tell them all apart. It's it's like, impossible. It's Azagoth impossible was the straight. Grim Reaper, but there was also other Reapers. Like, Grim is a status symbol? It's and then not... there was somebody named Reaper. Right. That I don't think was a Reaper. Well, that was just their name. Well, there was also a guy named Reaver. Yeah. So... Nice. And maybe that's maybe it was Reaver and not Reaper. No, no, there was a Reaper and a Reaver. There has to have been. There has. I mean, there was an underworld general. There, there could have been anything. There could have been absolutely yeah. anything. Right. Well, and you can also like because um, Satan's daughter. Uh, not Satan's daughter. I'm sorry, the devil's daughter. Like, <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. Sh- like she was like she was super powerful, and apparently, I think this is in another book. But was brought up in this book. She um, fell in love with one of the high angels and they fought, but then they were in love and she gave up everything and then she became a high angel. I think that's how that worked. uh, It doesn't matter. Right. (laughs) Azagoth was involved in a lot of this stuff. None of that has anything to do with what happens in this book. (laughs) It's not even important as backstory. It's just stuff that happened. It's uh, like, except for the fact that she owes Azagoth a favor and Azagoth like takes that in to like clear Liliana of, I don't even remember. Uh, It was just so much that happened. And okay. Okay. So a couple of things. One, um, a lot is made of uh, Azagoth is like, he says at one point, um, that the the breeding program the angels had him under was very hard on him, which, you know, I agree. That's, you know, sounds like it would be. But um, things that he did to make this better, uh, one, like, he, he tried to make it nice for the angels, um, but a lot of them hated it and were literally praying while he was having sex with them. So that doesn't sound like consent to me. That does not sound like they were there for, you know, because they wanted to be there. They were voluntold. They were voluntold. So that was that was a really awkward scene. The other thing is a lot of the angels, um, a lot of angels really don't believe in that kind of sex. They 
they believe in soul binding bound, like soul bonding. bonding so like you just like sort of reach out with each other's souls and it's like and then it's like you orgasm for like half the day on the soul bonding but also like it's it's it's, it's not as it's clinical in some ways it's not as intimate as like mingling your sex parts together Which, to me sounds insane <laughs> it's right the, the fact that our souls entered like our souls literally intertwine with each other, but it's not intimate. Fucking what? Right. Though she does make a point to say that some angels like to do both at the same time. Right, and which sounded it just, great. It was just her ex who was like, no, that is unclean. That is as the mortals do. Right. So some of these angels that were being brought to him literally hated every part of this. Mm-hmm. And they were all taught from a young age to hate him. So there was also that so they were forcibly having sex with someone that they were taught to hate doing an act that they were also taught was disgusting and i'm like i have iffy feelings about this and then one of the ways he would get them to enjoy this a little bit more was to do snm stuff with them Which it seemed like he was the one who was always in charge. At first, when this was brought up, I was like, oh, wait. Oh, I kind of like this. That he's like, he's going to flip the switch and he's the one who's going to be bound on the cross. And he's the one that, like, the angels are going to, like, bind up so that they feel safe and comfortable with him. And then they can just have their way. No, no, no. Absolutely not. He was was spanking angels. (laughs) (laughs) Spanking a million angels. Also, there was one point where he's like, oh, he knew to be softer with the ones who seemed really nervous because of how his mother acted. So it's like, oh, great. Bring your mom into the bedroom. That's great. There's also a scene where he's fingering her and they're talking about his kids at the same time. That was weird to me. The very first conversation he has with Liliana. Now, this is a woman he knows absolutely was voluntold to come down like Mm -hmm. uh and he doesn't try to be nice to her at all he's like just sort of like taking her through this place and he's like so you were a time traveling angel and she's like yeah i mean and he's like so you could just appear places she's like well i mean within a decade or so it's kind of hard to get like right on schedule and he's like well then what fucking good is that you trained for how long and you weren't even good at it and i'm like great the negging has begun the negging has begun I will say, though, that, and not to say that this was good, but just that it was interesting, um, is that we see that being in Shailgras has an influence on him because he is in the underworld. And so when they do travel places and... I, I actually really like these moments because Liliana was like, where's the place that I can make him go that he would hate the most? And the f- the first time she just like took him to the middle of the Sahara Desert and he was just like instantly like he, he had left his realm for the first time in thousands of years. And instantly he's just like, oh, my God, I've missed the sun. Oh, my God, this is amazing. And he was like a completely different person. And then there was another point where she was like, okay. And he's like, oh, can we go somewhere sunny today? Because they can only go somewhere for an hour once a day. He's like, oh, can we go somewhere sunny today? And she's like, yeah, I'll show him. And then she takes him to like the tundra. And he's like, I fucking hate snow. But I haven't seen snow in forever. I miss it so much. And they have this really cute like snowball fight. And then we... we find out basically that being in this realm has an effect on him and who he is and like it 
stifles his feelings, especially other than like hatred and anger. So when he's not there, we see a glimpse of the the man that he used to be or the angel that he used to be. And then also, and this is another trope that I'm like, oh, now that I'm like paying attention to these things, I fucking love this trope where as he started to learn to love again or like get in touch with those feelings that had been there, the the dead barren realm around him started to come back to life. And I love the trope where the mystical space reflects somebody's like personality or uh, emotions or something. I don't know why I love it so much. So as he began to fall in love with Liliana and like understand what love is and then be like, oh, you know, like I cared about my kids, but I never loved them because like being here didn't let me love people. And now I can understand what it means to like love my children. Then like grass grew, butterflies appeared. And then the place was like starting to get really beautiful again. So yeah, he was a dick. And I think only because he's not a human that I'm like allowing for the fact that it's like, oh, it's because he was in this place. And so like she's helping him learn to sort of like fight against that to be happy, like to, to fight against his circumstance to be happy. Sure. I mean, I would have, I I like that too. I thought that that was neat and I enjoyed it. Um, but But then we also have to talk about the necklace. Right. Now I'm just about to get to that. Um, but I would say like it, cause it does say like, I can't even really feel anger anymore. And I was like, bullshit. We opened with you feeling angry. Like that was the very beginning yeah. was you saying like, if you were like, you were so angsty, you were going to kill your like assistant. Cause you killed the last one. There's another point where after they have sex for the first time, he's like, he never felt the need to like bond or connect after sex. But this time around, I'm like, bullshit. That's what started this whole thing. You wanted someone cause you were like, we said, we heard inside your head when you told this angel, like I want a mate and the mate and the angel's like, why in his head, as said, I'm lonely. So it's like, Oh, he never felt the need to bond after the fucking bullshit. That's why we're here, bro. Yeah. No, it, it was very much like, you know like the tin man in the wizard of oz saying i don't have a heart while he's crying like i was like no no and i'm not like falling for this like i i think it could have i could have like been okay with it but like it just wasn't written that way like he had all kinds of feelings right before that moment where he said he had no feelings and i was like (laughs) no no this is like you've clearly written out all of his different feelings like Mm -hmm. that any when anybody like threatens his children he gets really angry and it's like no all of those are feelings my friends like i get like there's also like you know if we want to lean on being depressed and feeling numb like having all the emotions but also not knowing you're having emotions or expressing them that's a thing but like that's not what was expressed here in this book and so i was like fuck this then the necklace so he gives her a necklace with a little key which is uh, very specifically says it's a tiffany's necklace so he went to tiffany's and then like uh, Magic it. He sent his guy to <laughs> Tiffany's. Um, at the end of this book, too, it also says, "Do you want to? You know, like you could like submit to a raffle to get that Tiffany's necklace if you feel so inclined." Um, so that's a, that's a bold prize to. I know. When was this? Where did this book come out? Maybe I, I want a Tiffany's necklace. So. Um, so it's this little necklace that's a key. It's a little key pendant. And she pull, she opens it up and she's like, I'm not fucking wearing that. And she throws it back on the bed. And I love oh. that about her. I was like, good for her. 2014. The necklace oh. is gone, I'm sure. 
you'll never get that necklace damn it well um, i just need to marry a demon <laughs> but they have a good time she starts to relax a little bit and she decides okay i'll put on the necklace and he's like oh she put on my necklace come to find out uh he had magicked it so that you explain it neil i can't really like <sighs> he okay because he felt that he didn't uh have feelings or understand how to interact with people or how to connect to his future bride that he did want a connection with. I will give him that. Um, he magicked this necklace so that unbeknownst to her, it would project thoughts and emotions directly into his brain so that he knew what she was feeling and thinking so he could connect to her. Of course. Without asking her questions. It was, it was entirely <laughs> altruistic on his part. Yeah. So, and then there's even a point where he's like, it turns out I didn't need the necklace. I'm like, I don't know if we can prove that. Like, yeah. I, I literally don't know if we, like, she because doesn't then, take it off. Because, so then, like, because of the necklace that he finds out that she was originally there to steal the chronoglass. Right. Oh. Uh And he doesn't stop to ask her questions. He doesn't, nope. he's just like, because Why also, like, Previously to that, she had, he goes off to do his job, which takes days sometimes. And the entire time she's like, where is he? What's he doing? What's going on? I'm so worried about him. And I'm like, you're worried about Azagoth, the probably most powerful angel ever, apparently. More Especially or less. in his own realm. You're, why are you, and she's like, I'm worried, like, he's having sex with other people. Like, not that I think that's bad, but I, you know, I, for, I feel jealousy now. And it's like... Well, okay, sure. I I guess we're going for this trope. So the book leans hard <laughs> into it, and she's she spies on him, and he's like looking at this his spying glass, and he's seeing like beautiful ladies like bouncing up and down on the sand, and in yoga pants, and he's like, you know, touching the glass like lightly, like oh, you know, so and she's like he wants to fuck those ladies, Females. and so she goes in there, and she's like, what is this? And she takes the glass and she like throws it on the ground and he's like no, those are my like, children it was like a <laughs> big rock that she like teetered over and pushed so that it shattered into a million pieces right it was like as tall as she was and she right. was five foot eleven because i realized romance novels like to tell us exactly how tall everyone is exactly. to the inch to the inch uh even when they're angels so even, i also have to point out to it mentioned several times how much she loved to eat and how people appreciated how much of an appetite that she had but i think the implication was that she was never going to gain weight because she's an angel so it's like right. okay like there was a moment where it's like she didn't even need like like you felt like oh they don't need to eat like that's not important you're eating just for fun so I, like in that moment i felt like okay there could be I a world too. nobody's writing a book about me <laughs> i mean i felt like there could be a world where like let's say angels are going on dates with each other mm -hmm. and an angel takes another angel out to eat like this is my favorite italian restaurant and the other angel's like oh god that's such a weird human thing to do i mean i don't need to eat and he's like well i like it because i mean i feel joy like look at this beautiful thing that tastes delicious it's been created out of the wonders of god and the other angel's like I mean, mastication's gross <laughs> in that case i could 100 percent see somebody else liking a girl who eats like and mm -hmm. that's part of that but it's a, it's, it's a shared hobby right <laughs> but in this case it definitely <laughs> felt like my the favorite hobbies is eating I like a girl who eats because that's part of like the, you know, the romance thing. Like, 
you know, I don't want a girl who just eats salad, which is, you know, no. stop shaming girls who want to eat salad. So, <laughs> look, there's lots uh. of reasons to eat salad. Anyway, so... <laughs> All those croutons, that's a great reason to eat salad. Oh, my God. Such a good reason. <laughs> um, so it's... So it's... Ne so one, the level of consent stuff is just all over the board with this particular book. Um, sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it really doesn't. Sometimes it leans in, which is why I gave all of those like things at the top. Like if this is not your bag, you really shouldn't eat this book. Eat, eat this book. If this is your bag, gobble this book up. I don't know. And so they get together in the end. Like, all is forgiven. It's Beauty and the Beast. Uh, he even, like, becomes beastly because he's a devil character, demon character. Like, he's got horns. He's got, like, the whole, like... He's a beast form. He's a beast form. Like, when he has his beast form, he, like, grows in inches and his dick is huge. Like... <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah. That was a scene where she's like, let me play with this, like, tree trunk of a dick. And I was like, is she going to ride that thing? No, he turned back before they had sex. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, so, well, uh, what are we I know. I kind of want to remember the dinosaur book we read where she's just like, she's just got her arms around the dick. And she's she's a, just like going up. Like, she's a fuck sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, are we going to do that here? But no, we didn't <laughs> do that here. Um, yeah. One of the crazy scenes in this book. So they go to a beach and they're just having a good time on the sand. And these those two murder angels show up. <laughs> And <laughs> murder angels, and they're like, "We're coming for your ass." And so then, Azagoth and Liliana fight them, and it's a very bloody fight. But they're good at fighting together. It's interesting and well played. And we later find out that one of those angels killed her mom. Glossed over, not talked about. They don't talk about it with each other. Like oh it's just God. in the narration. <laughs> I forgot that entirely until you just said it because of how unimportant it was. Like I almost gasped when you said that, as if as if I hadn't already read this whole book myself. Because it like, is just bloop bloop bloop. And I kept thinking it's like that would have been a lovely conversation moment between these two. Like, mm -hmm. what a lovely moment to just talk about and say things to each other about like and bond like oh thank you we killed my you know or like for her to like look across and go that's the fucking angel that killed my mom and then he go oh he's definitely dying for sure you know any of those things no we're just gonna like hit it and quit it on that particular information <laughs> um there's one other thing that i really want to bring up um which is you had touched on um, angel sex and how it's yeah. like a soul thing. And so there's a part where they're about to fool around Liliana and Azagoth. And basically he's like, oh, you're so... Basically he's like, I hope you're a virgin. And she's like, sorry, I'm not. And he's like, oh, okay, whatever. And then they get at it. And then he breaks her hymen because angels have hymens. And he's like... Eh betrayal flashed through his eyes according to the narrative and he's like i thought you said you were a virgin and he's like mad about it even though that's what he wanted and then she's like well i've had angel sex but not like body sex and he's like oh okay and then we move on but it's just like why why is he like this is i think this is the first book that we've come across where a lady has said that she wasn't a virgin when she was and that made somebody angry <laughs> yeah that was awkward was so i'm also weird i also want to say um 
So anytime two people are about to have sex and one of them's a virgin and the guy says, this may hurt a little, just FYI, I'm really sorry. And she's like, it's okay, just go, you know, like that happens in the in these books sometimes. And it's supposed to be like a comforting thing that a man knows it might hurt and that he's going to be careful, which fine, I guess. Here's the thing, though. Um, <laughs> one, it doesn't hurt for all girls. It does. The first time doesn't always hurt. One, because the hymen is not generally actually related to sex all the time. <laughs> Two, um, it does hurt the first time for a lot of women because men are not careful because they just go in and just like, rah, 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 you know, and it's like, you know, and I guess it's nice that they, you know, don't do that the first time <laughs> unless the girl wants it. But the other thing is it may hurt because of other reasons. Like, you know, like endometriosis could cause sex to be painful for the whole time. So I, I dislike so much about the virgin trope, but I specifically dislike the this might hurt moment. And I hated it in this book because I was like, you're fucking angels. And even angels, even lady angels cannot just have a nice first time. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, this book. And then also the other thing is she's like, did you bring protection? And I'm like, no, no. Oh, and then he says, We're I angels. Can... And we then get he says, to not think about that. But then he says, I can turn my fertility off. He Fuck can just decide this. to not be fertile for an afternoon. And like, honestly, like bring that fucking up, like what? just say like, uh, like I fucking like, uh, and like also we're magical beings. Can't we just like snap my semen is in, is inside you. We didn't even need to have sex. Like, there you go. Inapregnated. <laughs> nope. Must follow no. the rules. No. Also, I, one last thing I have to say, and then I think I'm. I'm done with this book is that uh he is obviously into kinky bdsm sex and she's like oh, that's not what people do well maybe and then she kind of gets into it in a way that was believable to me so i enjoyed that i don't know it was fine it i was thought fine. it was useless it was, to me <laughs> it, it didn't pay off i think he does doesn't he spank her at some point he, he does he does it would have been spanking way angels he loves spanking an angel. It would have been way more interesting to me. One, if the trope was like one, like angels enjoy going downstairs to get beaten and fucked every once in a while. And like, that would have been fine with me. And that was just something that happened. They voluntarily went down, got beaten and spanked and enjoyed the hell out of it. And then had a baby by him. Mm -hmm. Would have really liked that. Um, or two, when they came down, he was like, no, beat me. I'm the one who tortures others, but torture me so I can mm -hmm. feel something because hell is sucking out my feelings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, nope, we didn't do that. So whatever. That's fine. It's all yeah. fine. That was that book. That, that was, was as a, a demonica novel, a thousand one dark nights by Larissa. Ion. Yes. Are you ready? Am I ready? Are you ready? Am I ready? Let's play Fuck Mary, 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 Fuck Mary,
Fuck Mary Kill, Azagoth, Abaddon, and Abaddon's friend Baphomet. Oh, well, I'm gonna marry Baphomet because mm-hmm. uh, I love them so much. I think okay, it's a he in this mm-hmm. book. Um, uh, also because in this book, when you die and you go to hell, uh, you pick a demon name for yourself. <laughs> And there are only like five. So yeah, there's a there's point where uh, uh, Abaddon's like, "Who's who has who's the, the who has the highest quota?" And Baphomet's like, "Oh, Baphomet." And it's like, "You no, the other Baphomet." Oh, the one with the weird eye thing. No, the other other Baphomet. Oh, the one. And they go through like five Baphomets, and then it's like, "Hey, we got it lucky. Ladies have like three names to choose from." Yeah. <laughs> but then I also like that in the 1970s when uh, when like. Um, the mo- like one movie came out like Damien became a very popular name that hell allowed they're like yeah. okay that one's fine that one's <laughs> fine so many people wanted it oh what was that movie it's a famous one right it is a famous one and it's not the exorcist it's the one about the kid who's the devil lord the lord omen help. the omen yeah yeah so when the omen comes out, like they all want to be Damien, and so the hell allows it, and that cracked my <laughs> shit up. Um, yeah, yeah, but um, Baphomet, I think, was great, and I would one hundred percent, I think, marry Baphomet. Like, uh, he he was friends and friendly and fun, and like I don't know, just like good sense of humor, had a lot going on, sounded great. I'd marry Baphomet. Um, I I think I would fuck Abaddon Mm -hmm. uh, because I don't want to kill Abaddon. Um, I think Abaddon is a sweetie (laughs) deep down (laughs) and a little weird, doesn't want to do his job, is just like doing his best, falls in love with a cute kid guy like i don't know i liked him enough that i'd fuck him i'm gonna kill azagoth look i think he'd be great in bed obviously Mm -hmm. azagoth was super good in bed attentive to the clit like there was lots of clit action happening in this book which great for us um but I don't want to be stuck down there. I don't want to be a brood mare. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine leaving that whole hot mess on his own. <laughs> and Neil? Yeah, so I'm going to fuck Azagoth because, as you said, he is good at it. And I don't have to worry about being used for my reproductive system. You know, even even in hell, I have privilege as a man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck Azagoth. I'm gonna marry Abaddon because he was really sweet. He was funny. I mean, the moment where he's like, "I know, I'll trick him with a fiddle thing." Oh fuck, this kid's real good at music. Like he he like had a a, a half formed idea, a half formed plan. It, but also he is a conscious and you know he was sweet. He was funny. So I'm going to marry him. And then I don't want to kill Baphomet. But as great as he was, we don't know how he feels about being a demon. For all we know, he enjoys it, and he just also is nice to Abaddon because they get along. So. Mm-hmm. Stick with the devil you know over the devil you don't, as they say. So I'm going to sad face stab Baphomet. 
Yeah, I get it. I get it. All right. Well, Neil. Yes. Fuck Mary Kill. Mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. An angel. Mm-hmm. A ghost. <laughs> <laughs> um i I left demons out you'll note because i figured in your fmk we would do all the demons that we talked about (laughs) have i become so predictable (laughs) never because i have another one also this felt like you know in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit i felt like Mm -hmm. this was as close as as i was gonna get to that so i didn't i didn't want to bring jesus into this okay so (laughs) god angels and ghosts and ghosts okay I know Christine's advice, always <laughs> fuck a ghost, but I think I'm going to marry the ghost. Um, and then when I die, my unfinished business will be being with the other ghost. So I'll come back as a ghost and we can be ghosts together. Oh, yay. Um, I'm going to fuck God. Because I imagine it'll be really good. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I imagine, I imagine that like God just touches your forehead and you just like orgasm your way through time and space. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I say this because I feel like fucking an angel would be so boring. <laughs> and being married to an angel, they would just be so holier than thou the whole time and i don't want to put up with it um so i'm gonna kill the angel so, oh but fucking god would probably turn my hair gray i mean among it other would probably things. burn up my body actually <laughs> i probably wouldn't exist anymore yeah that's fine i don't know he fucked mary and that seemed to go fine for her <laughs> he didn't though <laughs> he's put know. a baby in there Again, I just need to say this as a goth. Evidence says you could just put a baby in there. <laughs> I feel like it's like that poor Landia sketch, put a bird on it, but it's just put like a put a baby in there. Put a baby in there. Okay, Claire, what what would you do? I'm going to kill God because we okay. have so few times where this is just an option that's given to me. And did I create this option for myself? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I did. That's what we're here for. <laughs> so I'm going to kill God. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm also going to fuck an angel, but I am going to assume that this angel is going to be one of those many eyed, like, like, uh, oh, you know, wings a- of fire wi- with all yeah, the, the wings yeah. of fire angel. Ooh, God. Like, Biblically accurate angels cr- that sound fucking scary. Oh, like a monster. I want to <laughs> fuck a monster. <laughs> Well, you get a chance to fuck the most dangerous monster of all, humankind. <sighs> but I'm going to mm. marry me a ghost. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, I love marrying me a ghost. Um, <laughs> sex forever with the ghost, man. <laughs> Puts a whole new meaning to being inside you. Indeed. Oh, so fun. I'm um, excited, Christine, in your notes to, to hear your thoughts about whether <laughs> or not well. we chose... 
Well, so listeners, if you want to hear Christine's thoughts about fucking or marrying ghosts, subscribe to our Patreon and you can listen to our extended episode about it. Merp. Merp. Um, great. And of all, out of all the characters, Claire? Oh, good Lord. Um, okay, so uh, I can't even remember her name, but I'm going to say the angel slash daughter of Satan the devil whoever who comes in and like just does the favor for azagoth was that reaver uh no she married <laughs> reaver she was the one that married reaver god okay <laughs> whatever her name was fucking loved her character i thought she was great she was a badass she kicked you know like she, it sounded like i would have enjoyed her book very much like mm-hmm. her book sounded like the type of book i would have fucking loved like yeah the I'm daughter of the devil marries like the one of the highest angels awesome i'm very certain that she had a book in this series yeah same i mean the, it was written as much as we learned about her it definitely felt like this was her book was one of the ones that was like a popular so it was neat like if we were a fan it would have been super neat to catch up Mm -hmm. with her here you know um so i don't know i really liked her i'll i'm gonna marry her she seemed like a badass she seemed like fun she knew how to handle azagoth and outmaneuvered him in the scene which i really liked um, again, I don't remember quite the context because there was just so much fucking shit going on. Um, but yeah, I really liked her. So I'm going to marry her. Um, I think that I'm going to kill Liliana's ex-boyfriend, who was the very boring angel who thought, uh, human sex was gross. And he comes down at one point just to be a dick to Liliana. Yeah. He grabs her by the face and calls her a whore. Yeah. Harvester. He, that was her name. The angel. Harvester. Yeah. I I will marry <laughs> I Harvester. Hope she goes by Harvey. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to marry Harvester. I'm going to kill Liliana's ex-boyfriend because he was a fucking dick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am going to fuck Azagoth. Because mm-hmm. I love a Grim Reaper. Like, <laughs> I really do like the idea of fucking the Grim Reaper. Like, I've directed a... Pl- uh, I directed a play about it. Like <laughs> except he's not he's not the Grim Reaper the way that we think of the Grim Reaper. Nobody he was. He doesn't he doesn't go up to earth and like kill people and take their souls. Right. He's, he's just there for to put demon souls in a big I'm I'm imagining like a big brewing vat even though it's described in the book as a tunnel that they just get shoved into that he can also like open and close I don't, it's so and sometimes it's stand so in, and sometimes it's like a fireplace i don't know i'm fine with it whatever he seemed sure. good at it and great. you know messiness aside a one-off seems great yeah 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 <laughs> um i'm also gonna fuck azagoth for all the reasons i stated previously i'm gonna marry abaddon for all the reasons that i stated previously and then I'm also I also wanted to kill Liliana's ex. He was bad and dumb. Yeah. And then bad exploded and into pink mist because uh, Azagoth saw him <laughs> grabbing his mate's face. <laughs> also, he came down there and was like, oh, yeah, that angel that you talked to, uh, you have a week left. It's just like, I still have like 20 days. And he's like, nope, not anymore. And I hate those kinds of people where they give you a deadline and then they check in with you before the deadline. Be like, why haven't you turned it in yet? Well, because the deadline hasn't come up yet. 
bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I hate those Give people. me a shorter deadline if that's what you want. Right. Like, what the fuck if is you, wrong with you? If you need it by Friday, don't tell me I can get it to you next Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Assholes. Yeah. Okay. And the books, Claire. Um, I think that I am going to fuck damned if you do. Like, mm-hmm. I just found it so fun and fun to read. Um, like I agree. Like I think it kind of lost its place at the end. Like mm-hmm. not for the same reasons that you think, but I think like it just so it got slippery slidey at the end. It just, it lost its own grip on the world. I think mm-hmm. it needed to be longer, but Marie wanted it to be this length. So like there mm-hmm. was Marie Sexton, the writer. So like there was a little bit of like, there's more stuff that has to happen, but we have to wrap it up fast. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what it felt like. And I was disappointed by that. Um, but on the whole, it was very funny. Uh, there's some lovely turns of phrase. Uh, it wasn't super clean, but, I, you know, like, as far as, like, I think it could go through a bunch more edits, but mm-hmm. I liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, I think for... <sighs> I think for the 1001 Dark Nights book one, um, I think there's another book in the series that calls to me. That is something I would really enjoy. Mm-hmm. This is not that book. I think I would really super enjoy this book. Like if I was a fan of the series, like if I was mm-hmm. a fan, I would have like just fallen in with it. There's so much world building that obviously happens in other books. It's, it's just, this one didn't, I'm going to kill it only because like it didn't really grab me. I was upset by a lot of little things that happened in it that were unnecessary. Like I really felt like this should have been built like a standalone and it was mm-hmm. not like it, wasn't we, at all. it could have been a closed room book where we really were just with Liliana and Azagoth. Mm-hmm. Like it was just the two of them and we learned about them and fell in love with the two of them. Like there all those times where they go through the mirror and they just for an hour spending somewhere else. That was great where mm-hmm. the world was coming back alive because he was falling in love with her. That was great. Like there was so much that was really delightful that all of the other world building really bogged it down and made it hard to read. And some of that stuff was so dryly written it was hard to get into, hard to understand. So I'm going to kill the book, but I feel like <laughs> stay of execution pending reading the other book. <laughs> That's fair. That's very judicious of you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm also going to fuck Damned If You Do. Uh, you know, some of the, like you said, it like kind of lost, lost its way towards the end. Um, and the middle section, like, it's hard to talk about because, like, until the snakes show up, not a whole lot happens other than being cute together, which is fine. It just doesn't make for good pos- podcasting necessarily. But it was really fun to read. It was enjoyable. Parts of it were really funny. Um, so, yeah, I enjoyed it enough that I'll fuck it. And then I'm, <laughs> I'm also going to fuck Asgoth. <laughs> Again, I love the, the, you know, we only have an hour and all of a sudden he loves snow, even though he hates snow. He just loves being somewhere else and blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, grass is growing because he's falling in love with her. I love that. All the, all the issues are definitely issues. But the thing that's, that clinched it for me, which I said at the beginning is it like, 
you you never knew what bananas bit of mythology you were just about to get handed and like i was like fuck it yeah give it to me i'm not invested anyway so just like give it to me so as one would be when having sex with azagoth so yeah yeah so yeah so that's why i'm gonna fuck that book it was bonkers. It was so bananas. Needlessly so. And I don't know why I loved it. I loved the experience of it just being like, who who the hell knows? Yeah, there's a hospital. Why is there a hospital in the underworld? Who cares about demons feeling better? Fuck it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Uh, yeah, demons can apparently also have like heart attacks. Like, <laughs> like that was one of those, like, are you having heart palpitations? Like that was like something that came up. Like, is it like a high cholesterol demon has shown up because like they're feeling like tightness in their chest and like pain running up and down their arm. <laughs> I I understand the idea of like having heaven and hell parallel human the human experience one to like make it easier on the reader to understand what's going on. And then not in this case. And then two to like be like, Oh, not everything is as great as you think it is in heaven. And not everything is as bad as you think it is in hell. And like creating those sort of like gray areas with people, with their different motives and everything. And I, I totally get that. And I really like when people do that, but then it's just like, we have to talk about shampoo and clothes and cardiac arrest at the demon hospital. It was, it was too much. It was too it was, much. It was too much. And Skype. And it was, there's a part two where it's like, there's an angel who has a crystal tablet. That's like a human tablet. If they had evolved 10,000 years, like that's what the sentence said. It was yeah. so bonkers. It really was. It really, really was. <sighs> okay. Claire. Yes. Is it time for a favorite game? It is time for a favorite game. Christine, guess! Um, I am sorry, but this might be a really easy guess. Oh, <laughs> okay. great. great. <laughs> We're not going to have to go through a lot. Um, but, uh, and I, I, you know, it doesn't matter what I cut off. Like, <laughs> like you will know what this is. So, great. anyway. Um, the AI Who Loved Me by Alyssa Cole and Love Machine, an erotic <laughs> robot romance by Electra Shepard. <laughs> yes! <laughs> what are we doing, Christine? Is it robots? It is robots! Yes. It is robots. <laughs> yeah, I'm staying, I'm, I know it's pronounced robots, but the whole next episode, all I will say is robots. Robots. Because of Zoidberg. Yeah. Uh, so um, also will this be our f okay other than oh other than our episode that was a reading books by the people who had written the how-to books i think this is our first repeat author yes Alyssa cole Alyssa Cole, oh. this is our first repeat author. Good job, oh, Alyssa Cole. Fun. And for readers, Alyssa Cole wrote in Extraordinary Union, which was the book that Claire and I both absolutely loved in our spy episode. God, yes. Uh, it's such a, such a good book. So I'm really excited to read another one of hers. Yeah. And uh, so this one's, and it's a comedy. It's the AI Who Loved Me and 
love machine and erotic robot romance oh my god that sounds so fun and i mean i was like neil and i were talking about like we we want to like get to we we want to make sure to get in the weird like we want to like dinosaurs Mm -hmm. again and i was like fuck we haven't done robots (laughs) yeah we we were talking about our last i mean before this episode obviously but our last few episodes have been you know like normal-ish things cowboys ren fair stuff like that i'm like i miss the days of you know just like throw chuck tingle at it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an episode and i think this one's going to be really interesting great, really really excited. interesting oh great marvelous thank you well thank you so much claire thank you so much neil thank you christine oh thank you christine thank you thank you listeners Thank you so much, listeners. We obviously could do this without you um, because we could just talk to each other about these books. But what fun is that? I would not read these books if it weren't for this podcast. (laughs) I'd be busy reading other books. But man, oh man, like talking into microphones and sending this out into the world is a fucking joy. It's great. And listeners, you make it happen. Also, authors, you make it happen. So thank you so much. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And like we always say, like, we understand that we are ripping into something that was your dream and something you worked very hard on. And what right do we have other than having purchased it? And so we've sent you money. So as Neil says, what the last laugh is on us or jokes on <laughs> the us. Jokes on us. Oh you know, the, the common English phrase, the jokes on us. The last laugh is on the butter. Whatever the <laughs> phrase is. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make that happen. The last laugh is on the butter. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but I love it. But of course, like if you enjoyed what you've heard, please like, review, subscribe, leave us little messages, like find us on Patreon and uh Patreon.com slash FMK lit pod. Uh, we put out like we put out different like little hot and botherds that we find interesting all week that you can read for free and then we have paywalled a bunch of stuff that is super super fun including mm-hmm. Christine's notes movie reviews movie commentary tracks oh so good all, and more to come we're we're shilling it out kids cuz cuz we want we want that money <laughs> it's hard out there give us money uh yeah Yeah, so I guess all we have left to say is that if you can do so safely. And consensually. And maybe in a supply cupboard at Underworld General Hospital. (laughs) Get that demon dick, girls. (laughs) All we have to say is then, keep Keep 